SOS Radio On Demand. It changed my heart. On Demand. It changes your life. Thanks for downloading Scott Harold's podcast. We're talking about resilience and how we respond when life doesn't exactly go the way we dreamt it up and the way that we plan when we have success. We're actually talking with Kevin Malone today at SWIS Radio. You might recognize him as the general manager and the executive vice president for the LA Dodgers for a long time, and working with a lot of Major League Baseball teams, building those teams up through the years. And Today, he's actually one of the founders and the president of the United States Institute Against Human Trafficking. Good morning, Kevin. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on your show. So tell us a little bit about your story. I mean, you're having a lot of success in Major League Sports, building baseball teams. Your family was sort of struggling along the way. It's interesting. I think that, you know, what we see on the outside isn't always what's really going on on the inside. And as you started off with, you know, every family has challenges. I haven't met the perfect family, not that doesn't go through trials, tribulations, and, and issues. But, you know, I had a great career in Major League Baseball and ran three different teams and ended my career with the Dodgers. But I was gone a lot. I traveled a lot. I was a workaholic. I put my job, my career before my family, before my wife and my kids. And that was a failure in many ways. And uh, I regret that now. But I thank God for giving me a second chance. But I was determined because I'd always worked hard and achieved a lot of goals and had success along the way, which came from working hard. But I realized that I, you know, wasn't a very good husband or father. I was putting food on the table and a roof over their heads and providing them all the things that they needed. But I didn't realize till later in life that what they needed or wanted was me, time with me, quality time. I miss birthdays. I miss special events because I was determined to outwork and to beat people in Major League Baseball. And that's the only way I knew how to do it. So, you know, and through those experiences, my son ended up getting into the drug culture in high school. He started and then in college at the University of Southern California. He was uh, away at the University of Melbourne on a study abroad international business semester and came home and did drugs and and did too much and overdosed. And uh, we rushed him to the hospital and uh, he was declared, well, they said he wasn't going to make it. They said he was going to die. All his vitals were shutting down, but God intervened at some point. And that's a crazy story. And that's why we made the movie, the Sean Miracle movie, to tell people that God is a God of miracles, a God of hope, a God of love, and uh, especially a God of mercy. And we're telling the world about that now. And that's why we made the movie. We're talking with Kevin Malone today at SWIS Radio, and he was the VP and general manager for the L.A. Dodgers and a lot of other baseball teams through the years. But your son, Kevin, had overdosed on drugs, and you went through this season where you're asking a lot of questions. And at that time, that sort of challenged you to start asking a lot of questions of other people that you thought, like, these guys seem to have some wisdom, or maybe they know God a little deeper than I do, but I got a lot of questions with no answers. Well, I was following the Lord, and I thought I was close to Him, but I was one of those guys that uh, was never close enough. So I would pray to God, break my heart for what breaks yours. So I was trying to get not only, as I did in baseball, to the next level, to the best level, the upper levels, which I did in the Major League Baseball world, but I wanted to get that close to God. So as I was praying, I think God heard my prayers And be careful for what you pray for, because sometimes you're going to get that. So I think God needed or I needed for God to humble me, break me, to stomp on me like a bug and 
lefty Kevin Malone, Major League Baseball guy, kind of dissolve, become less of that, and then become more of a guy focused on Jesus. We know the word says that seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added unto you. I was seeking world championships in baseball. So I just think I was, my priorities were out of line. And I think we all have those challenges sometimes. And I really think that God wanted me because of my prayers to get my priorities in line. And that meant him first, wholeheartedly chasing after him, taking care and loving on my wife the way she deserved and being the father to my kids that they deserve. So, you know, I was close to the Lord, but it doesn't compare to where I'm at now with the Lord. I still have challenges. I still mess up. I still fall short. I still sin, but I'm walking with the Lord and, and I'm, and God's blessing me in various ways, not because I deserve it, but by his mercy and grace. And he's a God of promises. He's a faithful God. When he promises something in the word of God, you can count on it. And I trusted him for that. My wife, my kids, and we're just uh, enjoying, uh, seeking God wholeheartedly these days. When a family's struggling through things like addiction or dealing with homelessness or just having kids that just aren't listening, just living a rebellious lifestyle, and you want to help, but you realize there's so many layers. We all have so many deep questions. We're like, where do I even start? And we're talking with Kevin Malone today at SWS Radio. And he was a GM for the LA Dodgers and worked with a lot of other Major League Baseball teams through the years. And today he's actually the president of the U.S. Institute Against Human Trafficking. And Kevin, when you're in that space, where your kids are struggling and you're like, I don't even know how to help because there's so many layers. Like, where do you suggest families start when they're just like, I feel so overwhelmed as the parent. I'm hurting myself. My spouse is hurting. My son's hurting. But I feel like I'm just carrying the weight of all this on my shoulders. You know, I think there's multi-layered answers to that. I think first and foremost, you have to cry out to God and seek God's intervention. And and pray and fast and just engross yourself in the word of God and and seeking God's presence. Along with that, God gives us a brain and hands and and feet so that we can do what we need to do. And what that means to me is we look for the resources that hopefully can reach our son or daughter or loved one that's having an addiction problem. In other words, try to connect them with positive influences. Try to show them the negative consequences of the lifestyle that they're in, but also show them the future and what, you know, with their talents and gifts and connect them to what, if it's sports, if it's art, if it's music, but you need to find people to come around you because you can't do this alone. It will destroy you. So we need to find people that can love on us, encourage us, and sometimes just listen or just be there and don't even say anything and just be around and pray for us. But I think the answer to your question is you need to have people come around you. Hopefully the church does that, but oftentimes, unfortunately, people sitting in the pews don't know how to love on people, which is surprising, but they don't want to talk about people, families with drug problems or alcohol problems or pornography problems or whatever the problems But everyone always wants to act like everything's perfect. They're going great. When almost every family has something going on that they could use prayer and support on. So just find some people to love on you, to do life with you, to get you through these difficult times. We're talking with Kevin Malone today at SWS Radio, and he's worked with the Expos and the Orioles and the Dodgers. 
today actually works fighting human trafficking. And I'll tell you what, you know, the topic of addiction is a rough one with families of faith because there's this element of shame sometimes that we have to deal with when we want to own where we're at or where our kids are at. And Kevin, that's a part of your story where your son had overdosed and you're leading the LA Dodgers. And well, you're, you're working in Major League Baseball and you're working hard and trying to provide for your family and your son's struggling. But then in your church community, it's like, okay, I go to church, I read my Bible, I pray, but sometimes I don't feel like there's a breakthrough. And a lot of times we start blaming ourselves. We start asking all the what ifs, but what have you learned of the better questions to start addressing when we're at that place where we're just feeling overwhelmed? I think what I needed to learn was patience, needed to learn complete trust in the Lord. I think we all talk about faith in God, but that means different things. That definition of faith is means different things to different people. I'm talking about, since you're in Vegas, pushing all the chips in, surrendering all, counting all the costs. I think what most believers do, and I used to do this, and I learned the hard way, is you got one foot in and one foot out. You're going to try to do things in the world. But I think you really have to die to self, count the cost, less of me, more of the Lord, and just seek Him wholeheartedly and pray. And what I've learned, it's really been a blessing to me over the years, is when you're struggling, when you're, you don't know what to do, go out and serve and love on somebody else because you can always find someone that's in dire straits than you, that's having more issues, more problems, and is in a darker place than you. So that's the way a lot of times, you know, when I was going through this with my son and I had no answers because I used to be able to control a lot of things, you know, a a half a billion dollar organization. Uh, I had a lot of control, a lot of power, but I couldn't control my son. and, And I never knew fear until I started dealing with my son and his addiction. That's when fear came into my life because I never feared anybody. I'd fight anybody. I wasn't afraid of anything. But when my son, I couldn't help my son, I started to fear for him and for me as a father. So I'd say we just, we need to find people that we can fellowship with and we can trust and we can do life with. And our pastors who are, most of them are mighty men of God. I think they can just love on us in different ways, pray for us. I think God, you know, it's life's hard. Life's hard sometimes. And we're living in a cancel culture. Everybody's angry. Everybody wants to destroy each other. And we know where that comes from. The enemy, the devil, Jesus said he came to steal, kill and destroy, talking about the devil. But he, Jesus came to give us more life and more abundantly. So I don't think we can mess around with the world. We got to know this is a spiritual battle. It's spiritual warfare. We need to put on the full armor of God every day, as it says in Ephesians 6. We got to be equipped. We can't put our head in the sands and act like the devil's not real. I don't think we give him more credit than he deserves, but we got to know we're in a fight and uh, we got to do what we can to win this fight. You know, I think it's really interesting. A lot of times when you have success, we start thinking about the hustle and the grind, our work ethic and our ability to be resilient and push through. But the value of surrender, the value of trust, like in God, the value of trust of a higher being, you know, the value of trusting in a God that's bigger than us, we're we're not going to have control. I mean, you come from the baseball world, you know, as a GM for the Dodgers or working with the Expos and building up the team, working with the Orioles. And, you know, you're used to working 
working deals and saying, you know what, if I have enough money in the budget, I can make this happen. We got trade deadlines. I'm working three different angles here, multiple teams. I'm going to get this done and I've got a deadline. But if I don't do it, I'll put in the work. It doesn't happen. But when did you get to a point where you could say, you know what, I'm stepping aside and acknowledging that God, you're in control and I need you here. I'm willing to surrender, but the trust part, that's completely different when you come from a background of hustle that works. There's different levels of trust. And I think I trusted in the Lord when I was in my 17-year Major League Baseball career. But trust has different levels. The answer to your question is, I didn't truly trust in the Lord 100% until I got fired you know, from my job as the Dodgers. That's when I really started to trust him. Or when my son overdosed and they said he's brain dead and and you need to pull the feeding tube and, and starve him to death. If he ever wakes up out of this coma, he'll be a, in a vegetative state. That's when you learn to trust. I think we, you know, when we're on our backs, when we're down and out, when we're in the valley, that's when I think we have opportunities to really learn and understand what trust is. I think about when Jesus said to Peter, after a bunch of followers started to leave Jesus, he said, Peter, are you going to leave me too? And he says, where am I going to go, Jesus? You have the words of eternal life. So my response to everybody listening is there's nowhere to go to find the answers, the solutions, to fill that void in your life other than a relationship with Jesus Christ. And once you get to know him, and don't stop there. You seek getting closer. You seek him more and more, more time in the word, because if you don't know your identity in God, you're going to lack wisdom. You're going to make a lot of bad decisions. You're going to struggle in different ways. We're always going to struggle because of the sin. We live in a sinful, broken world, but God says he'll never leave us nor forsake us. So why would you not want to do life with the Lord? I mean, people say, well, it's a life of do's and don'ts. I tell you what, I've lived the most exciting life doing it with Jesus than anybody I know doing it without Jesus. And I'm talking about meeting presidents, seeing miracles. I'm talking about a lot of crazy God stuff that only he could do. So everybody out there, that if they're struggling, my encouragement to you, and I'm not sitting in judgment because as the apostle Paul said, I was the chiefest of sinners and I still sometimes am, but seek the Lord, seek a relationship with Jesus. That's the solution. He's the only one that can fill the void in your life, not alcohol, drugs, pornography, whatever it is you're filling in your life with, Jesus is really the answer. And it, it's real. It's not a cliche. It's not a, a nice little statement. It's the reality. It's for real. We're talking with Kevin Malone today at SWS Radio, and he's had an amazing career in Major League Baseball. And he's also been an entrepreneur in a lot of ways. But the Sean miracle happened back in like 2013. But fast forward to today, you're one of the founders and you're the president of the United States Institute Against Human Trafficking. I mean, how did God lead you down that path? Because that's one of the tougher areas to crack when we think about the social issues that are plaguing our country. Yes, and I would give a shout out to Vegas and all the residents there. You've got a huge problem with people being sold for sex on the strip and around Vegas. Yes, prostitution is legal in two counties, but it's not Clark County. It's not Las Vegas. And kids are being sold for sex every day on the strip. Wake up, Vegas, and do something about it. Wake up, churches in Vegas, and do something about it. Our kids are under attack. But anyway, I went to Thailand with Francis Chan in 2009, 
and he was my pastor. We roomed together. We were buddies. We're still buddies. And God broke our heart for kids being sold as sex slaves because we met four, five, six year olds in Thailand that had been sold as sex slaves. We come back to the America and God had laid it on my heart, kind of said, this is what I want you to do. Basically, he said, I gave you your son back. So I want you to go and get the other sons and daughters back of families of parents that are kids are caught up into this dark, evil sex trafficking world. So I started doing this and really didn't start doing it full time till after my son came out of his coma, which was 2014. So for seven years, I focused on what can I do to protect kids from predators? That means going to Capitol Hill, uh, informing senators and congressmen and ladies about what they can do to change laws at the federal level, working at the state level with governors, attorney generals, law enforcement, just everybody that can impact and has a sphere of influence that can do something wherever you're at. So we started the United States Institute Against Human Trafficking. We actually have abolitionist a campaign where we, no matter where you live in the United States or anywhere in the world, we will equip you. We will train you. We will help you to learn everything you can about trafficking and make a difference in your own community, your own town or city or state. So we will help you. We've got curriculums online. We've got training for law enforcement, training for first responders, for teachers, for the medical people. So we're just trying to raise up an army of people that want to fight child sex trafficking in America. And I moved to Vegas three years ago from Los Angeles to fight this. And you'd be surprised at how many people are okay with it because they're saying, well, how can they be okay with it? Well, they're not doing anything about it to stop it, to change laws. I've reached out to Governor Sisolak and I can't get him to respond. Before he became the governor, he was interested, but now I can't reach him. And I think he could be a big difference maker if he would just step in and help the state of Nevada. Instead of being one of the worst states for child sex trafficking in America, it could take the lead and be a pioneer in the fight to protect our kids. So this is a shout out. And I've met you, Governor like You know who I am. Please step out and step up and do something to protect kids from being sold as sex slaves in Nevada, especially in Las Vegas. Yeah, it was interesting. I was talking to someone through my church, and they have a ministry that sort of works with, you know, helping people coming out of human trafficking and help with the restoration there. One of the ladies who runs that was explaining, you know what, like when you're watching pornography and you see people on the screen, you don't realize that 80% of those women are actually under the authority of a pimp that is taking their money and setting up those hookups and setting up those situations. And those ladies are not allowed to stop working in that world. 80% of the pictures and the videos that you see if you're watching pornography are straight up women that are under the authority of a pimp, which means if you're watching those, you are directly contributing to human trafficking, that you are directly financially supporting it and growing it when you're watching those dirty pictures and videos. That's exactly right. See, that's what people want to tell themselves. People call them Johns that pay to have sex with others. I call them rapists or buyers, but you're exactly right. Watching pornography is not a victimless crime. You're supporting a criminal enterprise or a pimp or a trafficker, and you're leading to the problem. You know, it's a supply and a demand issue. If men didn't demand to have sex or to watch sex online, the supply, the women, the girls, the little boys, because we opened up. 
this is an interesting note. We opened the first and only safe home for traffic boys in America, and it's located in the state of Florida. People don't know this, but over 30% of all little kids, all minors that are sold for sex are boys. One out of three are little boys. What kind of perverted, dark, sick individuals want to pay to have sex with little kids? You got to stop. If anyone out there has a problem with this, I'm not sitting in shame on you. You just need to get help. And you can contact our organization, our ministry. We'll find the resources. We will help you to get out of that addiction if you're addicted to porn or to paying to have sex with kids or paying to have sex with anybody. Let us help you get the help that you need. And that's at the USIAHT.org. That's our ministry. We don't judge anybody. We don't, I mean, who are we? I've got cinema. We all have sin in our life, but this particular sin, you're dealing with slaves, you're dealing with traffic people, kids usually, and we need to set them free and you need to be set free from this addiction. And it's a big problem all over the West Coast where you're listening right now, from Arizona to California, Utah, Idaho, Nevada, Florida. Like, it's a problem everywhere. And, I mean, I see it every week when I'm driving into our office down by the Stratosphere and Sahara and Paradise. I mean, where the convention center is over there. There's a lot of tourists that come in that are directly contributing to this every week. You know what, and if if the mayor and the city officials and people would take a stand, you know what it comes down to? It's all about money. It's the love of money. People are making money off this, you know, from the hotels on the Strip to the different types of entertainment in Vegas. It's not just a Vegas problem, and we're not saying that. We're saying that the attitude of Vegas, if it happens in Vegas, it stays in Vegas. Not if I can help it. If little kids are being paid to be raped in Vegas on the Strip, I'm going to do everything I can to change that. And it's not going to stay in Vegas. So buyers beware. You come to Vegas and you pay to have sex, especially with a child. You know, I'm looking for ways to catch you and for ways to work with law enforcement. Sheriff Lombardo has done a good job, but we need to do more. There's a lot of great law enforcement folks in Vegas. But we need to step it up and we need to do more. If it was your son or your daughter, or your grandson or your granddaughter, you know, people would be moving hell on earth, as they say, moving mountains to get their kids back, to free their kids or grandkids up from being in this. But it's the people turn a blind eye because it's not their kids or grandkids. Well, it is in some ways you're only one or two or three degrees of separation away from it being your son, daughter or grandson or granddaughter. So get involved in the fight. Do what you can do. You can make a difference in your sphere of influence. Wherever you work, whatever you do, see something, say something, make a difference. Go to our website and we'll train you. We'll help you. We'll show you what you can do to fight human trafficking, in particular, child sex trafficking, wherever you live. And there, it's going on. Don't say, well, it's not happening here. Right. I can guarantee you it's happening in small town America and the big cities, USA. It's happening everywhere in this country. You know, America is one of the worst. I think it's ranked number one. I'm pretty sure it's ranked number one as far as men paying for sex in the world. Come on, man. Let's wake up. Well, we're talking with Kevin Malone today at SWS Radio. And a little earlier, we were talking about his story about his son who was caught in an addiction, but the miracle that God stepped in and how God changed a couple of different lives through this story. The website is theshawnmiracle.com if you want to watch it. 
Hey, thanks for your time today, Kevin. We appreciate you. Thank you, brother. God bless you. Keep fighting a good fight. You're clear to go. Thanks for downloading the SOS Radio podcast. If you enjoy the discussion, give it a five-star rating in your app store. The way the technology works, your ratings really help spread the word.